You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 75. Hey guys, this is the Hello Awesome Podcast. You are here for season four, and I cannot wait. Guys, this is probably the most impactful season that we are going to have here on the podcast because it is all about testimonies. We are going to be testifying every week. I have a special guest that I will be sharing with you really deep conversations on how Jesus met them. Now, guys, I know that this is a trying time in our nation, in our country. This entire year of 2020 has been insane. Can we all agree? But I wanted to share these stories because I wanted to encourage the church. I wanted to encourage us as believers. I wanted us to remember that God is still working. He is still doing miracles. He is still reaching the lost. And even though the stories you're going to hear are from women who have probably been in the church a while, this is still going on. People are still getting saved. People are still being baptized in Jesus' name. People are still receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I know that we need to be encouraged in a time that's been so discouraging here in our nation. And so I just wanted to thank you for coming to season four, the first episode of our new series, testify. I cannot wait for us to dive in every week to these incredible real and raw stories of how God changed a life. And now today I have my first guest. She has been an Instagram friend of mine for a while and I am so pleased and excited to share with you the story of Shalani Fields. Now, Shalani opens up about her journey being a star basketball player and how God brought her through gang violence, drugs, alcohol, and a reckless, dark past. She shares the moment when she realized she had gone too far and how God truly was with her in her darkest days. We also talk about how it's important to treat those who come into the church with love, how not to be envious of their stories or what God is doing in their life, and how we are to be teachable and understanding when it comes to learning more about Jesus. I cannot wait for you to hear Shalani's wisdom and her story on how God gave her a true identity in his love and with a new life. So let's get right into this, guys. This is the first episode of the new series, Testify. This is episode number 75 that I am calling Redeemed Identity with Shalani Fields. Hey guys, I'm JC. Are you ready for real conversations about faith, business, and life? Me too. This is the Hello Awesome podcast where I bring forth topics and truthful insights that will encourage you to make intentional choices and pursue God with your whole heart. Are you ready to say hello to the awesome blessings that God has for you? All right, let's do this. Just a quick note about this new series called Testify. It does contain adult content and will not be suitable for young children. So if you have young children around, I suggest that you listen to this on some headphones, on some earbuds, so that their little ears can stay pure and can stay innocent. Thank you for understanding. Summer is upon us and what better way to celebrate than with some sweet deals. I have an amazing group of business ladies who have sponsored the podcast. 
and they have a treat just for Hello Awesome listeners. My friend Chantel, a two-time podcast guest, runs the very successful modest fashion clothing brand, Nuggles. Aiming to always provide beautiful, comfortable, and affordable apparel, Nuggles desires every lady to embrace modesty with style. You don't have to break the bank or sacrifice that morning latte when you shop with Nuggles. In fact, Hello Awesome listeners can use the exclusive 10% off discount code by using Hello Awesome 10 during checkout. Head to nuggles.us to browse their full collection today. Again, that's N-U-G-G-L-E-S dot U-S to shop high quality products to add to your modest wardrobe right now. Do you find yourself struggling to find a durable scrunchie that's both functional and cute? Seriously, look no further than So Vita. Guys, I am not lying when I say that I use Lucy's scrunchies every single day and my hair reaches behind my knees. So Vita is a handmade shop with beautiful and fun scrunchies, headbands, and more. Use coupon code PODCAST for 10% off your order right now at sovita.com. That's S-E-W-V-I-D-A.com. Go grab a few goodies this summer and keep your hair off your neck with style. Be sure to also follow Lucy on Instagram at Sovita. Are you looking for classic modest pieces for your summer wardrobe? My girl Mandy over at Blue Thistle Taylor has timeless dresses, skirts, and handbags. Last year, it was such a treat to meet Mandy during General Conference in Indiana, and I truly feel like we're soul sisters. I love her passion for simplistic modesty, and you will too. Just use our special code HelloAwesome for 20% off your order on bluethistletailor.com. That's B-L-U-T-H-I-S-T-L-E-T-A-I-L-L-U-E-R.com. Also give her a follow on Instagram at bluethistletailor. I don't know about you, but I struggle to find quality skincare products with simple ingredients that don't irritate my skin, especially in these hot summer months. While Rachel over at Oneness Essentials makes handmade soap and body products that not only look and smell beautiful, but they're perfect for sensitive skin like mine. I seriously can't wait to try her Cocoa Cream Lotion. It sounds like it smells amazing. Use code HelloAwesome for 15% off your order when you shop at onenesssoapbiz.com. That's O-N-E-N-E-S-S-S-O-A-P biz.com. Make sure to also follow Oneness Soap Biz on Instagram for gorgeous product photos and updated business info. So when I think of summer, I think of hanging out by the shore and strolling along little shops, browsing at the adorable clothing that I just can't afford. Can you relate? Well, you don't have to worry about that with Dress Like an Angel. Felicia is a pastor's wife and mama of two beautiful daughters who has been selling clothing for 30 years now. Wow, this woman of God is the ultimate mama boss. Felicia's shop, Dressed Like an Angel, features stunning dresses, skirts, extenders, layered tops, and so much more in a variety of styles while highlighting the beauty of modesty. She even carries items for young girls like her best-selling lace tights. If you live near Starks, Louisiana, stop by their brick and mortar store that's filled with adorable, gorgeous clothing. 
or use our exclusive discount code HelloAwesome for 10% off your order at dresslikeanangel.com. Keep up with their huge inventory selection and future sales by following Dress Like an Angel on Instagram. Hey everybody, welcome to the Hello Awesome podcast. I'm so excited that you are back. Today I have a special guest. Now we've been connecting on Instagram, which I feel like I see that every single time I have a guest on because guys, that really is the best place to go find the coolest people. And uh, we actually did meet in real life last year at General Conference. Our kiddos ran around together late after service. They were so cute while we chatted and it was just awesome. Shalani, can you please take a minute to share who you are and what you do? Yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, as you said, my name is Shalani Fields. I'm a wife of an amazing husband. Um, we'll be c celebrating 11 years of marriage this year. I'm a mother of four beautiful blessings. I'm a pastor's wife. This year will be four years of us pastoring a home missions church, World Evangelism Center in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm a blogger and an influencer where people may also know me from Instagram. How it all came about is that I disciple a lot of ladies who don't know much about modesty or God, so I had to be an example. I wanted these ladies to know and understand that they can still have their own style, but still be modest. So from there, God just started opening up doors for me to actually work with major brands and companies, modest boutiques, and many more. Um, the Lord has also opened up the door for me to inspire and empower women all around the world. My platform allows me to make disciples, teach Bible studies. I pray with ladies to receive the Holy Ghost over the phone and God fills them. Um, and that's why I love being an influencer because I'm able to build the kingdom of God online. That is so incredible. It's something that we can't even create ourselves. You know, I think... It's just so important for us to remember how God, and I've said this before on the podcast, God is not afraid of social media. He never was. And so I feel like it really is an opportunity to just get so personal with people in a different way. And I love that instead of pushing back against something that um, might be a different way of evangelizing and a different way of, of witnessing you embraced it and you kind of made it your own, but you allowed God to kind of work through you to reach other people. That is so amazing. So we're just going to jump in because recently, before we started recording, when we were, this has probably been a few weeks now, maybe, maybe even a month or so, uh, you shared with me a part of your testimony over the phone. And um, one of the main things that I wanted to talk about today was that testimony because we both have similar stories. Both of us were not brought up apostolic Pentecostal. We were not born in, in this. We came to the Lord. And I just really think that we've shared a lot of different stories on the podcast and we've had different people share their testimonies. And I think it's just really important for us to highlight how God can use anything to reach us and how God really is seeking out people to save and to love and to and to bring back to him and to reconcile with him and so this might be kind of a loaded question but can you just share who you were before god met you uh, yes um 
I was someone who had no idea who they were um, or who they were supposed to be. I didn't have a real identity. I was a very lost individual with no direction. Um, I was far from a believer. I did not believe in God. As a matter of fact, I was that one. Um, I can remember one time uh, the Passion of the Christ had first come out in the movie theater and everybody got together and went. And while everybody was bawling their eyes out, crying at the movie, there I was busting out laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, also where I come from, I was a very known, well-known basketball player. Um, I've been playing basketball since the first grade. So I was known as a basketball player, but what people didn't know that although I was trying to uphold a reputation of being a basketball star and in the spotlight, I was actually living in wickedness and in darkness. Um, Where I come from, it's a very rough um, neighborhood, a rough town. Mm -hmm. Um, And you you felt like you had to be a part of a gang. Um, I felt like I had to claim a a color and represent where I come from. And so many people knew me and they knew my family. So I couldn't really just be out there on the streets um, gangbanging or things like that. But when I did have an opportunity, um, I felt like I could play my part. And me playing my part was fighting. I was a fighter. I would fight whoever, whenever. Um, Also with that, um, I was a homosexual for many years. Um, sometimes I would dress feminine. Sometimes I would dress masculine. I was very suicidal and depressed. I had one friend that I was hanging out with at the time. They would literally have to make me eat because I would not eat because I was so bogged down with depression. I was so suicidal. It seemed like every day I was swallowing pills, tons of pills, wanting to cut myself, just wanting to die. Mm. And I lived that lifestyle for many, many years. So after my college basketball season was over, um, I took my school refund checked and I bought a bunch of drugs, all kinds, and I started selling them. But not long after I started selling them, I started hanging out with those that I was selling with and then I started using. That's definitely something that does happen and what I've heard and what I've seen from people that are close to me is it it can escalate fairly quickly because you're in that environment. Most definitely being in that environment, hanging around it. Uh, and, and my intention was just to sell, to make money and, you know, just starting to use it. Um, so here I am in homosexuality, confused about my identity. I felt like I didn't have anyone. Felt like I was all alone, even though, you know, my family friends, it just still felt like I was walking that dark, lonely road by myself. Yeah. And I think for, I think for a lot of us who come into the church, when we look back at who we were, we can look at it with a different perspective because God has opened our eyes and we see things on a, in a different way than when we were actually experiencing it. And I think that's one of the things that I try and talk to people who might have a hard time feeling empathy for those who are sinners who I mean we all are sinners but for those who don't follow God when they make 
wrong choices when they are doing things, not as an excuse for what they're doing, not as an excuse for those, those sins. But I usually try and say, you know, in their eyes, they think they're right. And that's not an excuse. They're not right. But I think we have to try and look at it as a human perspective. And I'm really thankful that you were very vulnerable in sharing that because um, I know for me personally, when I think about people who I know right now struggling with drugs or struggling with homosexuality, in their eyes, they think they're right. And like you said, you didn't know who you were, but, um, but it almost felt like looking back, you were probably trying to find her. Would you say that? Wow. Yes, most definitely. Mm-hmm. I know when I look back at my life, there were certain things that I made, some decisions I made looking back, and I realized that, oh, I chose to do this in a relationship because of what happened when I was a kid. You know what I mean? Or like, oh, God, you just really showed me that. Um, I really just wanted to have a friend, or I just really wanted to have a boyfriend, or I just really, really wanted to be loved. And I think that we have to realize that um, there are a lot of deep rooted things that, that are in people that they might not even know about, but it's coming out in the way that they're acting. Does that make sense? Absolutely. When you talk about, you know, the past and things like that, and what I've actually learned now from myself and experience uh, ministering and counseling with others, a lot of the times you're dealing with people who have been molested Um, people who have been raped, people who have experienced trauma in their life that they don't know how to deal with. And I know for me, um, it was done in such a way to where it could make me be guilty in, in, in what the situation entails. For instance, um, there was a situation where, um, not understanding that this person is making you do things that you're not supposed to do to them. Well, you are doing it to them. They're not doing it to you. So when you're asked, did somebody do this, this, and this to you? You have to say no. But who wants to say no, but I did this. They made me do this. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to talk about that. So you shut that part of your life out. Mm-hmm. but you're still carrying that weight with you. In the back of your mind, you always know that that situation happened to you, but you don't want to say anything because you think you'll be the one that's in trouble. So then you go throughout life blaming yourself for things that aren't even your fault. Right. Mm-hmm. So I want to know, can you please walk us through, you're this person now, you're in a dark place, At this point, you're still a basketball player, correct? Yes. So you're a well-known basketball player, but you have this dark side, this this darkness that you keep going into. Can you just walk us through how it unfolded for you when Jesus started working in your life? Yes. Um, One night, I was with a friend, and we were out partying all night. Um, We were drinking and doing drugs. 
the last thing I remember was popping a pill. I can't remember anything else from that night. When I woke up, I realized we had passed out in the car on the side of the street. Now, this car was a car that didn't have a top over it. So we were passed mm. out and exposed. Um, and not only for everyone to see, but when I finally came to myself after I woke up, I realized I was uncovered. Mm. I didn't even have any clothes on. I couldn't remember what went on the night before. And so it was at this moment when I knew I had gone too far. Yeah. And I needed a change in my life. And so from there, I talked with a friend whose family would be relocating back to Indianapolis. And we were talking and, she, and I just asked, I was like, well, would I be able to move with you? I need to get out of here. And so the night prior to leaving for Indianapolis, I had went to a party and a, a brawl breaks out. Well, mind you, I'm a fighter. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so uh, the brawl breaks out and I'm fighting everyone who's, who's coming in my way. Um, and at this point, I'm throwing up gang signs and I'm, you know, uh, representing my hood and where I'm from at this point. Mm -hmm. And so after I'm done fighting, um, everybody dispersed and I make it back to the house. And so I get a message of someone saying, hey, you know, come outside. I need to talk to you. And so they were like, I just wanted to check on you because while we were at the party and you were fighting, I could hear people contemplating on whether or not they were going to kill you. Wow. They said they had plans to kill you that night. Mm. And so I just wanted to come by here just to make sure that you were okay. And I told him, I'm fine. I'm going to go in the house. Um, and so I, I said my goodbyes. And that was shocking for that individual because, again, I'm the basketball star. I mean, you can find my name in the newspaper. I've been on television playing. Our basketball team has um, – placed in state tournaments and then you know this person that uh was a a scholar and an athlete in their college and I played for college um all these things that people knew me about they were starting to see a different side yeah. for the first time and so um I finally come to Indianapolis just a few uh the next day I come to Indianapolis with my friends and I was doing well for a while, but slowly I found myself drinking and staying out and partying all night again. So one night I came home um, sloppy drunk and I fell out on the floor. When I finally got in bed, I started to hear these voices. I started hearing things. I started hearing voices and I was laying on my stomach. And the voices just got louder and louder. And so I began to cry out. And I said, God, if you are real, I said, if you are real, God, show me. If yeah. you're here, please show me. And so immediately I felt a warm hand. It was so warm. It touched my back for about five to 10 seconds. And I mean, immediately the voices went away. I stopped crying. All I could 
I can still remember, I can still feel that touch of that hand, that warm hand on my back. And I knew that that was God letting me know that he was there. So I just was in awe and I just cried myself to sleep. And so eventually we transitioned, we moved into our new place and down the street, again, I'm a basketball player. So I'm going to the gym and I'm working out and I'm playing ball at that gym. Well, on the way to the gym, I'm walking about two to three blocks. On the way there, um, every day, 90 plus degree weather, there's an older man and an older woman fully dressed in church clothes on the corner preaching with a bullhorn. So I would sit at the corner and I would just listen to him minister. I I can't even tell you what he was saying. I just sat there and I listened. Mm -hmm. So I would sit there and then I would leave. I would go to the gym. Then when I would get to the gym, the park manager of the gym would be really kind to me, uh, witness to me and invite me to church. And from there, it was just like God was really pulling and tugging on my heart. He was giving me a double dose. You know, Mm -hmm. on the way there, he would have that couple preaching and ministering to the word. And then when I get to the gym, the park manager would be witnessing to me, talking to me about the Holy Ghost and talking to me about being baptized. And so from there, um, that's how I got into church. Um, He invited me. I went. I was baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. And I've been running for the Lord since then amazing that's incredible i love when god writes our stories because nobody can tell a story like god that's just amazing and when you said that when you were on the bed and you said if you're real god you need i need to you know i need you to let me know i need to know you i my heart just swelled so much. And I I felt the Holy Ghost in my room just now because that was the exact prayer that I said as well. And I cannot believe that you were in a situation where you could have lost your life. Your life could have been taken away from you. And yet God was saying, no, I'm not done with her yet. Oh, hallelujah. (laughs) I know for me, my testimony has to do with uh, being in a relationship for a long time. And um, I've shared it on the podcast before, so I'm not going to get too into it. But I do remember when I was at that point of when I said, I am done with this life. I need something different. And I said, Jesus, if you're real, show me a sign. And when he sent me the vision of himself on the cross, when you have things that happen like that to you, it is very difficult to explain and it sounds so surreal, like it's out of a movie, but you'll never forget that. You'll never forget, like you said, you'll never forget that feeling of his hand on your back. Like I'll never forget me saying those words and him sending a vision to me because it's in those moments that he is just real to us. So. This story is just, I mean, it it really boggles my mind. I mean, there's just so many levels that 
And I'm sure with every testimony, there's different lessons and different mini testimonies within the bigger testimony. And that God just took you and delivered you from drugs and homosexuality and just a very destructive lifestyle and then just put you on the path that you are on now. It literally is night and day, huh? Definitely. Because now you're a pastor's wife, you're a busy homeschooling mama of four and an influencer. You're using sh- social media to reach out to ladies who, who are probably living the way you used to or probably have experiences you used to have. And now you can kind of pull them out of their fire. You know, God is really helping you through that. What thoughts come to mind when you look back on this whole road that you've traveled? When I look back, I realize that it was all a setup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, everything has meaning now. All the dots connect. Like you said, I wonder why I was going through this and why I dealt with this. Um, all of these things. And he's like, now, because you can minister to these individuals, you can relate to them. You can, you know where they're at, you know where they've been, but then you can testify and prophesy and Mm -hmm. speak to their future. It's a miracle. Someone who didn't believe, someone who didn't even care about the things of God, God called me and then God is using me. That's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. What advice or encouraging word would you give someone right now who is new to the church? Maybe they're at that crossroads and they're just starting to come in and they're they're listening to this podcast right now and everything's just so new and they're excited, but they're scared and nervous. What would you say to that person? The scripture comes to my mind, Philippians 1 and 6, and it says, Being confident in this very thing, that he who hath begun a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Mm, Believing in that, being confident in that, and in God. Um, Also, to be teachable and remain teachable. Um, being submitted to spiritual authority and taking heed to their counsel. Do what they tell you to do the way they tell you to do it and stay connected to the body and to serve. I know those were things that helped me along the way. One thing that my leader had told me that they loved was that I was teachable. And they said, keep that always remain teachable. Yeah, I love that. And I echo that too. That is just some great advice because it can be easy for us when we when we come into something new to push back. And I know that's, that's a weakness of mine, especially if you come from a background of being very strong-willed and, um, you know, doing things your own way. I know one of the things that I, I struggled with a little bit was um, just very sentimental things like modesty and um, just in the beginning. But yes, I do agree. When I was offered a Bible study, 
I took that Bible study when my pastor said, I need you to memorize these scriptures about fear. I memorized those scriptures about fear. If there was anything I had questions about, I would run to the mentors who just were open doors for me. And I think that's really important when you're, when you're coming into knowing the Lord and you're coming into knowing who he is and what he expects of you, it can be very overwhelming and it can be kind of scary. And I think it's very easy to just feel as though you're never going to get it. But I think that's just, that's just one way that we can really posture our hearts to posture our hearts when we're, when we're learning and, and being teachable, because as a Christian, you should always be teachable. None of us are ever going to be at, at a pinnacle where, where we can never grow or we, you know, where we feel like we've, we've made it. I'm all done. No more Bible studies for me, you know? And I think, I think that's kind of hard because I, I know coming into the church, I, I used to idolize some people and, oh man, look at her. Look at, look at what they're doing. I, I can never do that. But let's try not to look at other people and let's just focus on what God is trying to teach us in the moment. And I really do appreciate you sharing that. It's, it's really good advice. And I, and I do um, echo that advice too. Can you just, um, you know, now you're active in ministry and you have a new insight, you have a new appreciation, you're, you're working with people. How should we as a church treat new people coming in who are going through this transformation? Yes. Um, I liken it into a mother um, with a newborn baby. She's loving. She's patient. She's gentle. Um, when they make mistakes, you, know, you cover them in love and you teach them so they won't make those same mistakes. Also, grace, the same grace that God gives you, you should extend that same grace to them as well. Yeah. Mm. I think the longer that I'm, I'm in this, um, this year actually is 13 years for me. Um, how long has it been for you? Um, it will be 11 years, April 26th. Wow. Praise God. Yeah. So just a couple of years, you know, difference in our, in our testimonies when we came to the Lord, but the longer that I'm in this, I feel as though, um, I have a different perspective and I'm able to shine some light on certain things. I feel it's very easy to get into the politics of being in church and uh, adopting certain mindsets, especially about new people and about just other people in general. And I think the key to really being effective in the church and in the kingdom is definitely extending that grace and just being kind and just trying to understand that there are so much that we don't know about in someone's life. And we have to trust that God is going to take care of that person. And right now we are called to do two things, to love God and to love others. And that doesn't mean we're going to accept their sin. Um, that doesn't mean we're going to make excuses for them. But there's a way to approach them in a graceful and loving way. And um, I, think, I think it's very important for us to, to remember that. Yes. Um, 
1 Corinthians 13, um, verse 4, love is patient, love is kind. You know, um, you have to be patient with with newcomers and with what we call babes. You have to be patient with them. And again, we talked about that grace factor. We have to go back and remember when we were in sin or when we were falling short and when we were struggling, how God loved us and how God restored us. Uh, the scripture talks about love covering a multitude of sin. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's about your love. And when you love them, their sins are covered. When you, when you love someone, you look beyond their faults, just like Jesus did in seeing their need. They don't need you to talk about them. They don't need you to have a superior attitude toward them. They don't need you to act like you're better than them. What they need is for you to love on them and to pray for them. Prayer is a factor because when you pray for someone, they are in your spirit. You can't help. You can't hate someone or treat someone bad that you are constantly praying for. Mm, That's good. Mm -hmm. You can't do that. So we need to make sure that we are putting them before God and wanting to see them succeed. A lot of the problem is, and, and I seen this too coming into the church. It says love is patient. Love is kind. Then it goes on to say, love does not envy. Yeah. When you see new converts coming in and you see the hand of God on them and you see God pulling them out, don't be envious. Don't be jealous. Because they might be getting the attention or because they might be in the season where God is blessing them yeah. or, you know, they're on their spiritual high and they're not as opinionated as you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't, don't envy them. Don't be jealous of their testimony and what God is wanting to do in their life. Yeah. I'm nodding my head profusely over here (laughs) because it is true it is true and I think for me coming in I was 22 years old and when you're a young lady you're already so uh insecure you're you're already dealing with your own your own view of how you see yourself physically emotionally all the things you're already so critical of yourself that I think we don't need anything extra (laughs) So we really don't need all the extra criticism, all the extra side eyes, all the extra, you know, whispers from other people. I think that was one of the biggest things when I, when I came into church, I actually started dating my husband who actually was brought up in the church. And there was definitely a lot of um, ladies who thought he would be husband material, uh, but he didn't like any of them. And um, that's not my fault, but they treated it like it was my fault. And, um, you know, looking back, I can feel the most vulnerable time was my first camp service. I was only in church a few months. And when I walked past, I felt like darts of fire were shooting out of their eyes when they were looking at me. And, you know, I really, truly looking back, realized that none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect. And so 
if we have this haughty attitude about us that we're better than you or that you're not as good as we are, that's where we're going to lose people because there's enough stuff out in the world that's going to try pulling them away. I think, I think it really, we really need to have some self-control and definitely not have that envious attitude or we're going to just push people out. Um, especially those who are just so new and who are learning for the first time. Yes, most definitely. And that's why it is so important to be teachable and so important to be submitted to spiritual authority and build a relationship with your leadership because you're going to face some of those challenges. Again, yeah, the church is is the body we are the people of god but there are still people that are in the church within the church that still have character flaws and issues even within themselves and sometimes even though it's not right it's easy to pick on the new person you know it's easy to make themselves feel better by pointing out someone's visible issues struggles and problems and so as a newcomer or a babe, someone who's just coming in, you have to stay connected regardless of what happens. Don't give up. Don't, don't give in to the whispers in the, the voices and those who might even be used by the enemy. Don't give in to that. Just stay, stay the course. Keep pressing um, again, stay connected to your leadership and remain teachable. And in that, there are many who had a lot to say. There were many who looked down upon me. There were many who felt like I was out of order when I was doing certain things. I remember I just had been saved maybe uh, a few weeks and there was outreach. Mind you, I didn't own any skirts, okay? but I wanted to go to outreach, you know, I wanted to be a part. And so I just so happened to go, but did not have a skirt on. And later on that week, I was called into pastor's office because they had said that I went to outreach without a skirt. And I told him, I was like, well, I'll wear one. I just don't have any. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me, he said, I understand that. And that's exactly um, why I'm just bringing you in. He's like, and I'll take you shopping. I'll, I'll, I'll get you clothes. I'll get, make sure you have what you need. And that could have been for evil, but God turned it around for my good. With that being said, that was actually a lesson for me because I didn't even pay attention to the fact that everyone had on pants. I mean, everyone had on skirts and I had on pants. And so that led me to dig into the word of God and to ask more questions as to why. And so by there, that allowed me to grow. That's how we grow. So instead of we we want to protect them because they don't know any better, but at the same time, as a new person, don't take everything to heart or as if someone is judging you, turn that thing around and let it be a, a, a lesson. Let Learn something from that. 
And once I did that, that has been key for me to grow. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that's just a good lesson for anyone. If you're faced with just um, friction in relationships with just a situation that just feels so overwhelming, especially when you feel like you're being attacked, it's a chance for us to just dig deeper in who God says that we are and who he says that he is and to help us not be reactive, help us be more proactive. And just like you said, just be teachable so that we can be better for it. Yeah. It's, it's all about learning and and growing. Um, I use every, every circumstance, every situation. And I always reflect, I say, okay, God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me? Because a lot of the times God is trying to reveal something. He's trying to put something in us or take something out of us. And yeah, definitely. he uses people to do that. I learned how to handle issues because there were first issues. You know what I mean? There's a biblical way to handle friction and tension and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we can automatically think, uh-oh, there's an issue there. Y'all are supposed to have the spirit of God in you. You're not supposed to be acting this way and that way. But when you look back in the word of God, uh, Eodius and Syntyche, they were fellow laborers, but there was friction between them. So you mean to tell me that we aren't supposed to have issue or friction or things go on, but it went on in the word of God? No, but there's a right way to handle it. There's a right way to deal with it. And that's the lesson, if we are teachable, that we can learn in every aspect. If, you know, you can always sit back and say, okay, God, show me me. Where am I wrong in this situation? And when you learn that principle, it is universally applied. You, once you get that down, it is so easy to humble yourself before God yeah. because you're not always on the defense. You're always open and you're saying, okay, what do I need to do? How do I need to do it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those things that, like you said, if we try and be perfect and act like nothing is wrong and there's no friction, there's no issues of we just suppress everything, that's not the right answer because the word of God is full of, like you said, it's full of friction and it's full of a confrontation. And no, it's not easy. And no, it doesn't feel good for for us to be in those situations. But like you said, it's definitely a chance for us to be humble and to Uh, be teachable and to have God show us uh, the right way to behave. And at least for us to approach God and ask him, God, how should I behave in this situation right now? Yeah, that's, that's really good. (laughs) That's really good. That's, that's really good. (laughs) I mean, this is something that I probably needed to be reminded of like last week, if we want to be real, but, um, 
(laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. So before we go, can you just share with us one scripture verse that really has impacted your heart? Yes. Um, People who know me, they will probably know that it's Psalms 91, and it's he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Yes. And what I love about that is he that dwelleth, that E-T-H, is that continual, you know, where you, you're not just coming in and going out, but no, you are staying there. You are abiding there. That is a resting place for you. And coming into the church, one thing that was instilled into me was prayer, prayer, prayer. Okay. We had great preaching and great teaching, but those, the saints of God taught me how to pray. They pushed me and challenged me to pray. And it was there that in prayer where I heard God call my name, like he called Samuel. It was there where I could go to him and and lay everything out before him and not have to worry about if anybody's going to talk about me, if anybody's going to judge me, I could talk to God about anything in the secret place. It, it's refuge and it's safety. There's peace there. There's love there. There's joy there. And so that is a scripture that has resonated in my spirit. It, it's, just, it's just in me, not just to recite it, but it is a part of me. Mm. I love that. That is definitely one of my favorites. It is hard to pick one, but I think the Lord really places a verse on our hearts that some people call our life verse. I've heard that said before, and that one is definitely, yeah, that one's a good one. Um, It reminds me of a story, and I don't know if you know um, Sister Flo Shaw. She had came a few years ago, and I'm just going to quickly share this story because I feel like it's going to just be so helpful and just bless someone. But she shared her testimony a few years ago, and Psalm 91 was part of that. She said that she was walking to her car one day after church, and it was very dark, and a man came out and, um, and grabbed her and pushed her into the car and drove the car um, somewhere. I can't remember where, obviously. And, um, you know, he was obviously, I I don't think he wanted to do anything uh, physical except to kill her for whatever reason. And she kept shouting Jesus, and he kept getting angrier every time she said Jesus, Jesus. And she said that... uh, she was able to um, feel the the seatbelt unclip and she was able to open the door and get out of the car and she didn't um, she didn't know how that happened but uh, she just saw she turned around and saw that the man was frozen in place and he didn't move as if it was uh, like a, one of those movies scenes, the, the movie scenes where the people are frozen in time. And she said it, it, she just ran and she ran to a, ne- a neighbor's house uh, or a house nearby. 
she ran to a house nearby and called the the cops well the car they found the car later on torched and it gets crazier obviously because you know god is in this so there's going to be um just a wrench in the story but one of the neighbors when he was giving his account to the police officer about what happened one of the neighbors next to um next to where it happened said that he saw an angel in the back seat of the car and that the man was frozen in place in the driver's seat and he said he saw an angel and when the cops found the car it was torched the man was trying to get rid of all evidence and her bible was in the in the car not touched and it was open to psalms 91 and i'm sure there were different aspects of that story that i probably messed up and i hope sister shaw if you're listening forgive me but i just remember that was incredible to me because we all who come to the lord especially those of us who were not born this way there or not i shouldn't say born this way but just those of us even if we were born in this everybody's testimony is special and everybody's testimony is personal. And that just shows us how good our God is and how he can use anything, anything to bring his people back to his heart and to bring us back into communion with him. But it just goes to show that we should never discount how God is going to reach someone. And I think we try and figure it out. And I think that's not our fault. I think we just want to try and figure out um, how things work and we want to, we want to just be um, kind of ahead of the game and we want to know what happens and we want to, we kind of want to know everything. And I don't think that's always a, a, a terrible thing, but I think sometimes we forget that God is not bound by space and time and he's not bound by a cookie cutter mindset or a, a one certain way. I do believe that God has a certain plan of salvation. And I do believe that there is one way to heaven and that's his way. And I do believe that you must be baptized in Jesus name. And I do believe you must be filled with the Holy spirit. And I do believe that there is only one God and it's Jesus. But I think how everybody gets to that point will be different. And so I'm just thankful for you and for your heart and for just sharing your story with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It was a it was an honor. Can you just share with us where we can find you on social media so those listening can follow you and just continue to just be inspired by you? Yes, absolutely. On Instagram, my name is Shalani Fields, and that's spelled T-S-H-L-E-N-E underscore f-i-e-l-d-s also you can find me on facebook as well under the same name well thank you so much jelani for being on the podcast thank you for having me if you found this episode inspiring or helpful would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your instagram stories tagging me at hello awesome ministries it will encourage me that you were blessed also Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeministries.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.